Hello and welcome everyone to the CFS Health Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Toby Morrison, and in today's episode, we are so, so lucky to have a past member in Michelle McDonald come on for a success interview. Now, if you're someone who is going through chronic fatigue syndrome or any other chronic illness that you are struggling to get back into living and life, this podcast is for you, especially if you're a mum, if you've got kids, if you're basically losing your entire identity in life and then not knowing what to do, this episode is for you. We really go deep into boundaries. We really go deep into knowing what you need and we go into the psychology of recovery. It's a fascinating conversation. Michelle is such a giving person and I just want to pre-frame this by saying thank you, Michelle, for doing this interview. It was so powerful. I know it's going to help a lot of people and without further ado, let's get into this interview. Enjoy. Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Toby Morrison from CFS Health and on the other end of the video screen is Michelle McDonald. Hello. Hi. Hey, super stoked to have you here. Today we're talking about chronic fatigue syndrome recovery and we have this really, really special guest with us today. She was actually a past member of our program, the online recovery program through the mentorship program and lifestyle integration. And Michelle's story is pretty amazing and it had lots of twists and turns and she's a mum. She's freaking amazing at what she does in terms of work. Uh, she's super passionate about it, but it wasn't always that easy. In fact, it was really, really hard. And when I first met Michelle, when she joined the program, you were in a pretty dark place. And so I'd love to share your journey with everyone who's listening because I think it's so powerful and profound and I just kind of can't wait to share your story. It's going to be amazing. So thanks for coming. Mm. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. If we can wind back the clock before we even met, before you kind of reached out and applied for the program and all that jazz, where were you at with your life? What had happened to Michelle at that point? Like just prior to joining? Yeah. What was going on for you? How long you'd been suffering for? Were you bouncing from doctor to doctor? All that kind of stuff. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So I think when I first started to have those thoughts of like, hmm, something is not right with me and I don't know what it is, was really after the birth of my daughter. So that was 2019 in March. And it is that confusing thing because it's such a new part of life and so many body changes that mm. my brain would start to be like, oh, you know, this is normal. This is just a part of that adjustment process. But yeah, it was just that niggling whisper of like, something's not right. So I think it took me, after giving birth, it took me 10 months to finally go, I should probably see a counsellor or a psychologist. And then it took me another year and a half before I was like, okay, well, something's not right with my body because depression, anxiety, sleeping for 10 hours, needing to nap in the day, just feeling so tired all the time. So then I finally got around to seeing the GP. It was good that she was like, hey, you've got an autoimmune disease. So that was one piece of the puzzle that made me go, okay, not, it's not in my head. Something is going on in my body. But then of course, it's like, you've got an autoimmune disease. Here's a couple of pills and on your way. Mm -hmm. And things didn't really seem to change. I sought out a naturopath. And of course they do their best as well. And I got some supplements and it helped a little, but definitely the depression, the sleep, the feeling tired, not being able to concentrate, having what they refer to as that brain fog where mm. I'm just mid sentence and then completely forget what I was saying. <laughs> just feel like you're somehow floating in yeah. the universe. Like, where am I? Totally. So scary as well. And I want to pre-frame this by saying, what were you like before you had your baby? Because you're a pretty active person. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll just wrap that up by like, the naturopath was basically the last thing I saw until I saw you guys and that was the turning point. So before I had my child, I would say I was an uh, elite performer in musical theatre and, you know, we do eight shows a week 
the shows go for like three hours, very high energy. I had no idea. I didn't know you did that. That's amazing. Yeah, there's like some posters like here and like. Go back, go back. We need to say that just quickly. I want to say there's wow. Spamalot, some of my ones that my husband has been into, Hairspray, oh Cabaret, Chicago. Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. we met on Jersey Boys. <laughs> wow. Okay, um, so you're like a full high achiever. You sound like the nonstop type of person living life to the fullest. Oh, yeah. Like how perfect is that kind of performing career for a push and crash? I'm going hardcore three hours non-stop you get this big applause at the end of the night which is so like feed my ego and like approve me mm. and then go home maybe can't sleep have a few wines crash wake up groggy but you know you have to do a show by five o'clock seven o'clock and then wow. you go again you know yeah. <laughs> like perfect push and crash <laughs> especially if you're not looking after yourself and you know, knowledge is power, but then applying that knowledge is even more powerful. And if you don't know how to feed yourself, be in tune with your body, recondition your body properly, all these things that you've learned, obviously, now, it's an easy way to kind of not feel too great. It's really cool to paint the picture yeah. just for other people watching. It's not like you were just a couch potato who did nothing. And we never really have met anyone through the program. And we're talking thousands of people over the last decade ever met a lazy person join this program i don't yeah. think chronic fatigue syndrome affects lazy people actually mm. well chronic fatigue i was thinking about this as well is it idiopathic as in there's not really an answer why people get chronic yeah fatigue? for me it's usually a combination of prolonged periods of physical or emotional stress coupled mm. with maybe trauma or a viral infection it's usually that. Yeah, that sounds right. It's a usually a combination of things that make up the recipe for chronic fatigue syndrome to happen. What was it like for you when you've gone from cabarets and Chicago's mm. and performing to then having a baby, probably feeling the pressure of like you should be really happy right now and then physiologically not being able to function what were some of the thought processes that were going on at that time and especially chronic fatigue syndrome the awareness is getting better now but even three four years ago it was still pretty rough like here's some pills mm. good luck mm. totally and i actually still don't really know apart from obviously my husband who really saw the highs and lows I still don't know if like some of my closest friends or my workplaces really understand the kind of state I was in during mm. those couple of years and months and mm. I think that's because of this awareness of yeah people just think oh chronic fatigue or you feel a bit tired have a coffee and keep going or something <laughs> oh gosh it's way more emotionally spiritually physically mentally complicated than that so much more complicated. I love eating out at cafes. And so I meet a lot of people most days of the week. And the question is, so what do you do for work? And I'll say, oh, I help people with chronic fatigue syndrome, get healthy and start living again. And they go, oh yeah, I've heard about that chronic fatigue. Is that all in your head? Is that just like <laughs> depression? So my comeback line is, well, all right, what's one thing in your life that you absolutely love doing? And, you know, for instance, last week, a guy said, I love cycling. I cycle for hours every morning. Okay, so if I remove cycling from your life and you were not able to do that for the foreseeable future, how would you feel mentally and emotionally? Oh, terrible. That'd be so bad. And I said, the person yeah. that's suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome isn't depressed because they're depressed. They're depressed because they can't do what they actually want to do, which is for you, go cycling. And so it's a very much a physiological experience. However, it does affect you emotionally because it's totally ruined your identity that's what i was gonna say i was like then add another little layer to that cake of like what if the cycling is the reason why you think you're loved right because if i take it back to myself mm. i had this whole story from childhood if i can be really good at dancing then my parents will love me friends will like me you know I did find joy in dancing but that's one layer 
then if I can't do it anymore and all of a sudden my brain wants to tell me you're going to get kicked out of the tribe nobody is going to like you or respect you or be there for you if you don't do this one thing that I've made up in my head and you just feel like you're dying pressure (laughs) I I can just imagine backpacks of rocks just like layered on top of you of like that pressure people think it's like I just need to find the right nutrition and get my sleep and get my baseline sorted and that is part of it but there's usually underlying things that need some awareness as well so yeah I guess the question was like in those darkest moments did you feel hopeless did you think it was yes. possible for you? Were you one of those people that was like, shit, there's nothing I can do? Or are you someone who's just like, no, I'm going to find a way. It's just a matter of finding what it is that's going to help me. Yeah, I think it was both. I absolutely felt hopeless and confused and lost. But, and this is a, not a comment on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications, because if somebody out there needs to take them, absolutely take them. Mm. But when my friends and family started to say to me, maybe you should look at going on medication. Some deep inner voice was like, no, there's something you need to work through here. There's some emotional, mental block and just taking meds because I was already taking meds for autoimmune and taking my supplements. I just kind of knew there was stuff for me to break down and break through. Yeah. So powerful. Oh my God. Got chills down my spine because imagine if you did just keep going on that path of, you know, taking the pills for the sake of taking the pills and ignoring that message. And for sure, antidepressants and other medications can be super helpful for a bunch of people. And there might be a message in the mess too that could be picked up and potentially utilized, which you didn't. I can't wait to talk about it today. But I love the fact that Mm. you've shared that, yeah, on one hand, I knew that there was something that can change. But on the other hand, there were days where I felt like giving up. And that's just the truth. Absolutely. I remember having this moment, again, when somebody was like, maybe you should just go on some meds. I was saying to them, but actually, if you look at what has happened, which is what you were saying to me before, I've gone from this elite career very just all about me how lovely just I only have to think about myself to having to look after another human at the time of the global pandemic and being in Melbourne which we had two really long lockdowns so essentially being isolated from a lot of people and not being able to move physically because I had some physical injuries and things that I needed to rehab it was like well you're just saying like well of course I should be feeling a bit sad about this like this is a huge change and transition so I feel like for anyone out there you can also acknowledge if something has really shifted in your life that maybe there is a valid reason to feel depressed appropriateness yeah for sure what was your biggest challenge before joining the program as in what was the step that I was afraid of to be like, yes, I'll join the program. No, no. Like just personally in your recovery is like CFS health didn't exist in your world. You just never saw it. What were your challenges? Was it like, I don't know how to have a routine and structure. People say exercise. People say do this. I don't know what to do. For you, what was your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge was actually just to speak out what I needed. I felt trapped and like I didn't have an option of doing things differently obviously this is all just in my brain telling me these things so even though you can hear those whispers to yourself of like whatever even if it was something small because remember I was a new mom even it was like I just want to go have a cup of tea by myself but then the other part of my brain being like you can't do that that's Mm -hmm. not allowed that's not what a mom does all the reasons why you can't do the thing that your body actually wants to do Mm. and I teach yoga so I feel like my throat chakra was just locked and then that energy just builds up inside my body and then obviously it needs to come out in other ways but Mm. the biggest challenge was just not being able to actually stand in my confidence of being like this is what I need and nothing else really matters you know (laughs) Mm, mm. 
really it's coming back to boundaries. What you're saying here is like, I had no idea yeah. how to express myself and set boundaries for myself and also for people around me. Before you mm. learned the tools to do that, how did that actually feel emotionally when you said you felt trapped? Yeah, it felt like I was in prison. It literally felt I was in my own prison. There's no self-expression, no freedom. And that's when I got really sad because I felt trapped. Again, let's add another layer to that cake. I was feeling guilty for feeling sad because I'm a new mom. I have a great husband. I have a great house. Mm -hmm. And why do I feel this sad? And, you know, so there's guilt on top of that. Put your hand up right now if you're listening to this and you're resonating. <laughs> you're like probably nodding <laughs> like home guy, yeah. I mean, so true. The guilt on top of the sadness is just horrible and so isolating because people don't really get it, you know, like even your loved ones, they don't really get it. And it's like you don't know who to turn to or what to do. Appreciate you sharing. Mm. What changed after joining the program? How did you even find CFS Health? Was it on YouTube or? It was, it was just a twist of fate that I think I just typed into podcast chronic fatigue and you had talked on another podcast right. and I listened to you and I was just like yes there are so many times in my life where I just you know find this alignment with people and I think I said that to you in one of the calls mm. I appreciated your authenticity and you just seem like a good guy <laughs> like I don't know you that well but you just seem like a good authentic person and I love authentic people in my life I'm not here for the sort of jazz hands even though that was the world I came from what <laughs> resonated on that podcast just out of curiosity like what struck the chord for you it was it just the authenticity and like it, everything I was saying makes sense as in like having a comprehensive approach like the baseline stuff I think yeah if I was to try and really remember I feel like the vibe was whoever was interviewing you he almost seemed a little bit baffled like what you've come through the other side like he seemed a little still stuck in a isn't it some sort of medical like isn't there a right answer uh -huh. and I think I just loved that you were saying you know it's multifaceted mm. and yeah it's not black and white and it's holistic and that's what I knew I needed I knew I needed my whole person to get a little makeover or whatever you want to call it. Well, totally, because like there's one little aspect, which is the pills, the potions, the supplements, and that can be super, super helpful. And that's a percentage of it. But then there's the whole mm -hmm. missing pie. That's like a little sliver of the pie. And, you know, unfortunately, the system doesn't teach this other part of the pie. And, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's how CFS Health was born because that's what was lacking in my own journey and that I craved so deeply and it was so painful the experience of that that I didn't want to let anybody else have to go through that pain alone you know and then there was a pathway and a big shout out to Dr. Lana Lubitz I know he's retired now and I always say his name but you got to thank the people that kind of believed in you and helped you pave that way mm -hmm. so yeah amazing I'll just add to that as well because I this came to mind which I thought was really interesting because I was seeing a psychologist at the time but how funny is this I remember sitting in the psychologist sessions feeling guilty about the things that I would tell the psychologist. So then I would start to not tell the psychologist the full story. Yeah. So of course I couldn't really get to the problem or not the problem, but you know, couldn't mm. really unwind everything. But joining the course, I think because of your authenticity and your sharing and the way that everybody does lift each other up and truly shares and you can tell us the worst thing ever and we're just like, that is fine i mm. felt then like i could really start to speak we get and you. that yeah is just priceless mm. to me yeah amazing thanks yeah. for sharing that so you join this program you don't even know what it's really about probably you've just like this feels good it's my next step i need a holistic approach and you obviously felt like you were fully understood straight away which is something that's really important to us is that we get you what changed I mean, so many tiny little things, but definitely I always refer back to the guilt workshop mm. because in that workshop, I really got that I was putting everybody else before myself. 
I'm good with visualization. It really made me visualize and connect back to like my five-year-old self. And I love her so much. And I was like, how can I do this to her? She needs to be held by me, you know? So that was such a huge turning point. And the second thing in that workshop was, which is so valuable, so valuable, and I still use it now, is the voices in my head, those voices of guilt or anything, that question of like, is this my voice or is this my childhood teacher or my mom or my dad? Whose belief is that? Who told me? that to be a good mom, I can't have a cup of tea by myself. Was that me? Is that what I believe? Well, actually, no. And once I started to unpack whose voices were in my head, oh my God, then I could truly figure out what I believed and what I stood for for my life. Well, you know? Truth, yeah. Becoming the true you and owning it. Yeah, I see a lot of pressure from... It's unintended, but it's family pressure of like, you should do this. You should do that. When you're older, you should be this. This is how a good mm. girl acts and behaves. Mm. Oh, yeah. That term I do not use with yeah, my daughter. Which is fantastic. I, I mean, how amazing, how mm. lucky for your daughter to have a mum like you now, you know, through what you've been through. So much wisdom. Mm. Big shout out to Mel Ryan as well. We got her on mm. as a guilt expert and she came on and she's done an amazing workshop for all our members and it's obviously stored in our trainings. It's a huge, huge help for so many people to basically take the heavy backpack off with the rocks and just throw it on the ground and just kind of breathe a little bit easier. That's the first step. Being a mum and really putting yourself first is pretty hard. And I'm not a mum. I actually can't really say that I really truly get it but god I can only imagine how hard it would be and I remember probably three to four months inside the program for you there was a pivotal moment where you were trying really hard at recovery you were really dedicated but you also felt trapped it was like I've got this beautiful daughter but I'm also like it's hindering my recovery because I can't fully focus on me it's either being a mum or not being a mum and getting better. Like that was kind of the thought process, kind of black and white. But that's yeah, a perfect standard. way to put it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And then you coached me. I don't even know exactly what you said, but you made me realize that she was not the barrier. She was not the problem. She was not the thing in my in the way. way. Mm. And I was like, what <laughs> but if I didn't have her then I could rest more if I didn't have to look after my daughter then I could go to yoga more and if I didn't have her I'd have well all these things if I didn't have her if I didn't have these responsibilities then I'd be better yeah. and how great that you made me realize that that is just not true because one Hopefully, I'll always have her. So she's not going away, you know. And two, it's kind of like, well, that was just an excuse keeping me trapped. I was just putting everything on some external person and situation, probably to be like in a little bit of that victim mode. I'm a yeah. mom, you don't understand. When you made me really see that it wasn't her, oh, wow, that was like, cameras back on me like okay well now I've got to go deep because if it's mm. not her it's me <laughs> mm. it was an amazing yeah. session it was an amazing session with heaps of members on the calls we never know what's going to happen on those calls everyone's got something that they're stuck with potentially or they're a fly on the wall watching but for you at that moment <clears throat> it was so pivotal because I think and most mums do this they're like in order to get better I need to put myself first you know, that's what everyone thinks. But, you know, I say, well, maybe don't put yourself first, but at least put yourself equal. Because mm. that's doable. But when you've got a kid, I don't know how doable first is all the time. But equal, it's possible, right? Really what we're talking about here is a story. On the call, I was like, well, how's that working out for you believing that she's in the way? Because you're probably never going to get better if you buy into that for the rest of your life because there's always a reason why you can't. And so again, it's about controlling our controllables. What can we control? And I feel like it was like a penny dropped 
in a moment for you that day. And there was lots of tears and it was a hard call for you. I remember it was a really tough call, but it was so special because it was almost like the fog cleared and you looked different on the call. Like the energy came back into your face and your life. And it was like, oh, wow, she's actually a blessing. She's not in the way. She's helping me get on the way. And it was almost like this immediate shift inside that program that was just like, wow, okay, cool. And then you started to really click into gear in terms of like owning your day, supporting your daughter, but also supporting yourself throughout each and every day. Yeah, well, I think it gave me that next step of, well, now I feel free to place boundaries in place with my daughter or just say what I needed. It freed me up. I feel like everyone loves baseline. The people who aren't in the program, they're like, oh, I just need to get my baseline right and all that. You know, what are some tips around that for being a mum? Because I think it's pretty tough. I think the first one, you've already said it, which is totally okay to put yourself equal and start expressing yourself and asking for what you need. Would that be number one? Yes. That, but I think almost the step before that is those things from the guilt workshop of like breaking down your story and your beliefs of what a mum, quotation marks, should do mm. and should look like. They're just in your mind for such a long time. You forget to stop and examine, oh, hang on, I have this whole deep idea of what I should be doing as a mum. Mm. so definitely breaking that down because you know what I've learned gosh literally every parent is so different one parent is like let's just say oh stressed out if they don't have the perfect lunchbox me I don't I don't really care what their lunchbox looks like whatever so everyone has these weird different standards in their head to do with how a parent or mum or father should act and that's a lot of pressure. I didn't understand in my brain. I was like, why can't I do this? Why am I struggling to be a stay-at-home mom? Like, here are some of these stories in my head. Doesn't this come naturally to everyone? I thought I'd be good at this because my mom was good at this. Mm. I don't know. My husband seems like he'd be better at staying home than me. Why is it me? Is it because I'm a female? Like, oh my gosh, I could just go on forever about all the stories in my brain that were not helpful. And that's totally. your question. Is it helpful? No, it's not helpful. <laughs> How's it serving you? And for all the guys who maybe aren't mums listening as well, it's like, how is the belief that you're holding right now serving you? Well, there's a yeah. story that you're telling yourself. Is well, it helping or hindering? Yeah, and that's what I learned too as well about how when you got me to see that it's not my daughter or being a parent that's the issue, then you do start to see like, oh yeah, these things come up for everybody. So is it mm. that you're telling yourself to be the best, whatever, that you have to, you know, be at work at nine o'clock or it's just all those stories of pressure trying to get it right. There it. is no rights. Charlie Benyon, one of our past members as well. I think you might've seen her for a little while. She was in the program and she did a success interview as well. And if you haven't watched it, go find it on YouTube somewhere. Program members, you guys know where it is in the hub. The pressure of a mom, she felt like, she always felt like she had to be on call. Mm. She had to be the helper for everyone. And that was blocking her so much in her recovery. And we flipped it one day, again, through a coaching call. And I was like, why don't you let your children know that you're here for them if they need you? But I don't even know if your kids are actually asking for help. I think you're just trying to do it as a job role that you think you believe you need to do it, exactly what you're saying. And she's like, oh my God, you're right. Like they actually don't even ask for help and they don't even appreciate me when I try and help because they're not actually asking for my help. And it's like, holy shit. <laughs> and now she's got this awesome relationship with her kids where it's just like, Hey, I'm here for you if you need me. You just let me know when that is. And then there's an Absolutely. open conversation versus like chasing the tail. I wrote down a couple of things whilst you were talking because I thought they were gold. The two things mm. that helped you the most in terms of sorting out your life and your baseline and moving forwards with your recovery was boundaries. Initially, it was about expressing your needs. But then it was about beliefs, not only decoding the ones that we're totally in the way and we're really keeping you stuck, but also creating your standards. 
you said before, like everyone's so different and you just didn't know how yours wanted to be, how your set of standards wanted to be. And so it was almost like, no, I'm choosing my path. This is what I'm going to create. And I feel like that's what you've embodied, you know, big time. Mm. Is there anything else you want to share through your journey, through the program on the holistic approach, movement-wise, nutrition-wise, rest-wise? Is there anything that kind of would be helpful to share? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, yeah, we've talked a lot about the mental side and the stories in our head. But yeah, at the very same time, all of those practical tips, you know, no screen time right before bed and I put white notes on to sleep. I ate every two to three hours a mix of protein and carbs. Like all of those practical things really, really did help. They just lifted, you know, they held me while then I could sort out what was in my head. And I still, I bought a, a pair of those blue light blocking glasses that have the orange. Yeah. If I take a FaceTime call or something at nighttime, my friend's always like, cool glasses, man. So yeah, definitely all those aspects played a huge role. And it was, even though I was only in the course for just over six months, maybe seven months, even to where I am now, because that was only a year ago, it is still baby steps it's amazing to look back over the year and think okay literally a year ago right now gosh I'd be asleep right now during the day and you know it didn't happen overnight it was really really slow steady changes but I think it was really useful for me at the time about just starting with something small that my first boundary with my daughter was that when I was sitting down to have a cup of tea that I was not getting up until I finished the cup of tea. And I still do that. Wow. And it is gold. It is gold. So just make myself like 10 cups of tea a day. <laughs> 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 but no, yeah. And she knows. She knows. There's no like fight or but mom or whatever. Yeah. She's yeah. like, mom's having a cup of tea. And oh. that was the perfect small boundary to start with. So I think that was really good. I love that. Micro changes lead to macro changes we're huge mm. on it in the program that's why we have accountability win the month planning calls habit tracker the whole thing because it's the tiny things hit the singles every day forget about the home run the home run mm. is all the singles that you hit every single day the daily doings mm. you know, whether that's with your food your sleep your boundaries for you that 10 minutes of just you take the mum hat off you take the you hat mm. off and you you drink your tea. What kind of tea was it, by the way? Oh, I normally drink a chai or a peppermint or a ginger. No. I do like tea. Yeah, you gotta yeah. go the chai. Chai tea all the way. <laughs> and it wasn't like, oh cool, I finished the course now and I'm good. There's been what another six months since I finished the course. And that has just been continuous learning breakdown and breakthrough. But my brain remembers all the lessons and all the things that I patterned day-to-day through those six months you know I still have the highs and the lows or whatever you want to call them but the lows aren't as low Mm. and my self-talk to myself now oh my gosh if something crap happens or whatever I'm just like that's okay what clarity am I going to get from this this Mm. is showing me what I don't want so what do I want my relationship between my brain and the words in my head to whether it's like my inner child or just myself is the way that I parent my daughter which is the way that I feel completely comfortable and nurtured and self-expressed and you know that when people say you can hold space for someone Mm. I feel like I can actually hold space for my downfalls and my imperfections and it doesn't mean that I like oh, you know, that was a little crap and whatever. Like I'll still fully cry and like break down. Yeah. But the internal dialogue has got my back though. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I call it body wisdom. So it's like you've learned everything you need to learn. And now it's like this body wisdom, knowing what to do, when to do it and how much confidence Mm. that can give you. You can see it in who you are right now. You know, there's that body wisdom confidence to know what to do, when to do. So tell us, where are you at now? You're pretty passionate about Pilates, which I am too. I love Joseph Pilates. His story is just so inspirational. But yeah, tell us a day in the life of Michelle now. Oh, 
you picked an interesting week. <laughs> <laughs> Not this because... week, but this general, you know, like you're a Pilates coach. Is that right? Like you'd run group training yeah. sessions. Yeah. So at the moment I teach yoga and I teach Pilates both in a group setting. So where you might have like 20 people on the mat or 10 people on the reformer. And then I also work in a small group setting where you have four people at once and they have individual goals that you're helping them achieve. But, you know, in this last couple of weeks, this is what's been really interesting. When I was in the course, every time I go to watch Gemma, anytime I go to watch her videos, I was just disconnected. I was like, mm, I'm not picking up what she's putting down. And I just wouldn't watch them. And then just recently, a few things that she said to me has really started to drop, right? I don't know what the imagery is. You're just peeling away the layers and now I'm down to the Gemma layer. Like I'm ready <laughs> to look at that. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remembered, I did ask her once, I said, I don't know how to find joy without overachieving. And she said to me, we'll start with the things that you feel joy where it's sort of like just for yourself. Mm. <laughs> At the time, I was like, I don't have that. What? Like <laughs> doing something just for myself that brings me joy. Nothing. Because the loop for me, which I'm realizing now, is I get joy if I'm good at things and other people tell me how great I am and yeah. then I feel joyful. <laughs> oh my God, that sounds so ridiculous. No, but it's like the culture too, you know, the social media, everything. It's a culture. It's a culture that's not that helpful, you know. Yeah, and so I'm just having a little moment of re-looking at my workplaces right now because I think some of those workplaces was me trying to get really good and climb the top of this imaginary ladder so that everyone will go hey you're a great Pilates instructor we love you that's not helpful to me and I'm starting to get a few signs again I'm starting to feel a bit tired starting to have some rashes on my body you know some things that the body starts going mm, out of I'm, alignment have, yeah yeah, I'm just taking a moment to reassess and go, okay, which part of these jobs do I genuinely feel joy and would do even if nobody turned up to glass or whatever? Start again from there. See, for me, I feel like you're on track. This is so values aligned stuff. Value alignment as in living by your values and feeling aligned to them. And it's all about being congruent. So congruent mm -hmm. with you. And you've done this in your personal life and now you're starting to do it in your professional life where it's really about what's important to me and would I do this if no one was watching? You know, that's a fantastic question because it's yeah. like the truth it will just show itself within a moment. It's just like yes or no. And you're so in tune with yourself these days. So that's exciting. Where do you see yourself, you know, in the future? Yeah, yeah. I literally, I have no idea. I just know that it feels like I'm on the precipice. This whole last year with you, it's just been one layer and one layer. And it's funny again, how my brain for some reason, like, oh, it's a new year. It's 2023. I'm done with all that <laughs> recovery or whatever. I'm just going to cruise. And then life comes at you and you're like, oh, I've still got more work on myself to do. Well, they never um, stops, right? And this is what we say in Last on Degration is like, well, Life is hard. Recovery is hard, but not recovering is harder because there's suffering on top of suffering. Whereas now you're just experiencing life stuff and it's like, oh, okay, is this really what I want to be doing? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's something different. Yeah. And also, I guess another really good point, which I find this just so interesting, was when I was in the course, everything that I was wanting to work through was to get myself to be back as the person I was beforehand but as I'm learning now one that's not who I am anymore because I know so many more things and two that's just going to wind me back up in the same place and it's so funny all of that climbing the imaginary ladder in the musical theatre world well now I'm just doing that in the Pilates world mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's not working <laughs> and I'm going to need to have a little rethink and go back to some of those basics people in the course now or if people are thinking about joining the course you come out a whole new person just for the better I thought I wanted to go back to the Michelle I was before but I don't want to go back there 
I'm a whole new creation now mm. and it's so much better. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I just thank you so much. I think to myself, the story you tell when people are telling you, what are you thinking? This course, it'll never work and all that. And I just go, oh, thank you so much, Toby, to that person who intuitively knew that you were going to help so many people. <laughs> I told you not to make me cry on this. I said, do your best not to make me cry. Now you're making me tear up. Everything you created was a lifesaver for me and I'll be forever grateful. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I knew exactly what I needed back then. And I just thought of people like you many years ahead of time and just thought, you know, got to make sure you don't have to go through what I went through. It was total hell. So it's so good that you're doing this and it's music to my ears. You know, I feel like you're so on track, even though that career-wise things might be moving and changing. You're so in tune, mm. you know what I mean? And that's what makes a difference. And it's not about fighting for the old. It's about building the new. And when you finally get that and the penny drops, momentum happens and you can start to move forwards. But until that happens, you're really going to just hit your head against a brick wall. Bang, bang. It's out of alignment. Mm. It's not who you are anymore. And you need to build mm. the new, what you truly want. So pumped for you. A couple of things before we round up this chat. First thing, yeah. if there's someone watching this and they've been watching our crap load of YouTube videos and they're like consuming, consuming, they're like, I want to join, but I'm so nervous if I join. What if it doesn't work? What if I fail at the program? You know, all these types of things. Is it worth it? What would you say to them? <laughs> it's 100% worth it. I'm just hands down, pick up the phone, write the email. But when I was thinking about joining, that was actually my main concern. What mm. I was saying to myself in my head was, what if, Michelle, you do another course, you spend all this money that your family need and you spend all this money and nothing changes. Saying that to myself was disrespectful and kind of just a bit harsh. And again, just adding guilt. Like if you do this course and you don't fix yourself, then you're not worthy and mm. you've wasted everyone's time and money. And again, there's so much pressure on myself. So I guess I say to those people, just check in with what your beliefs are about doing the course. Notice if there's any guilt or pressure. If there is, that's probably not true. And give yourself the chance to explore. I think only good could come of it. I had a mum once join years ago. Now, this is so long ago, like almost over a decade ago. She ummed and ahed for like three years. And anyway, she did the program about a year and a half later. She progressively got better. She recovered and she wrote a testimonial and she said, when I joined the program, I was questioning it. Oh, should I? Shouldn't I? It's a lot of money. Maybe it's not that much. Is it worth it? All these things. And then she asked a simple question. If my daughter was going through this right now, what would I do? And she was like, I would have paid for it five days ago. And so she joined yeah. on the spot and she said, thank God she did. But, you know, she's like, what am I teaching my daughter? Provided it's yeah. the right thing, then it's in alignment for some people it won't be. And that's okay too. It's a fascinating process that we go through when we're investing in things. We all go through it. What's and upon that? reflection yeah. for me as well, financially, it was honestly priceless. I pay that fee 1000 times over. Absolutely 100%. priceless for me and my life and my family, everything. Yep. There's like so many gold <laughs> nuggets through here. Like my mindset is like boundaries, expression, consistency, showing up for yourself. Like how committed are you actually? You know, all these things. For the people who are suffering right now, mums, dads, teenagers, athletes, academics, everyone, what would you like to share with them as we leave this conversation? Mm, good question. I just acknowledge them. I want to acknowledge everything you're feeling. It is real. It feels real to you. And I hear that and I acknowledge that. And I never would want those people to think that it's their fault to feel that way or that it's all in their head, like you mentioned. So I just would tell them that, yeah, I acknowledge everything mentally, spiritually, physically. We hear you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. I can feel everyone at home just 
feeling so much more at ease because it's what you just said is very true. Yeah, it's so easy when if you have that sort of black and white thinking that I definitely am prone to, to not understand why all these things and symptoms and the way you're feeling are happening to you. And then it's easy just, you know, am I right or am I wrong? I must be wrong. Something's wrong with me. And it just spirals from there. And again, it's like acknowledging that we do, in a way, live in a world and a society that is a little bit, this is right, this is wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. Even when you look at the way Western medicine is, if there's not that sort of pill for something, you are sent away a lot of the time. And hopefully that is starting to change now. I really hope so. So, you know, having those thoughts, of not feeling like you're valid to experience what you're experiencing. (laughs) And I'm going to add that layer of like, I acknowledge that that makes sense because we live in this world that is just black and white sometimes. Or maybe you like me, you have a thought process where you see the world very black and white. Mm -hmm. So acknowledging that as well. People find the color in the middle of the black and the white. Right? It's Pleasantville. Have you ever seen the movie Pleasantville? No, but I like the sound of it though. Oh, it's a movie in the 1950s. Everything is black and white. And this one kid starts to see colors. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going through Pleasantville right now. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I literally just filmed a new training in the hub for the members, which is called the color zone. And it's about how to loosen the grip and find the midline. And just a quick tip for everybody, black and white kind of feels like all or nothing. And then in the middle is the gray area. But rather than making it gray, I'd love you to pick your own particular favorite color. And how can you have fun in that area? You know, and how can you make it work? And that way you're going to bounce around way better. You're going to bounce around in your baseline better. You're going to start to do things more appropriately, but with enjoyment and therefore move forwards. I can't believe we didn't even talk about it. Loosening the grip. That was honestly the second biggest light bulb. I got such a tight grip on everything. Life has to look this way, all of that. Mm. Oh, I think I want to get a tattoo. Loosen the grip. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should get some t-shirts. I probably yeah, some (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you and just amazing how you showed up throughout the period of working with us even on the hardest days you still showed up you know and you reached out for help and you did the work and you got the reward because of that so yeah you know don't underestimate all that work you did as well it's unbelievable yeah great to witness thank you we'll stay in touch we might have to do a round two at some stage as well okay cool yeah see where i am this time next year Yeah, exactly. (laughs) thanks each michelle you're welcome see ya Hey, I hope this video was really helpful for you. If you haven't already, please hit the like button and feel free to leave a comment. What was your takeaway, your insight from today's video? It's really helpful to actually write your learnings down. We seem to embed it better and it seems to help us move forwards with life. Here are three ways we can help you right now whenever you're ready. The first way is make sure you add yourself into our free information recovery group on Facebook. We'll leave a link in the description below. It's a really supportive, encouraging place. There's no negative venting. You can ask questions to other people. There's something like seven, 8,000 people in there right now. And I'm sure by the time you're watching this video, there's even more. So go over there right now. We share success stories. We share our latest free trainings that come to the public. And we always share upcoming information about upgrades inside our program. And also when we offer free webinars or free information nights that can further help you with your own recovery. The second way we can help you, which is one of my favorite, is through all our free trainings. We're going to leave a link in the description with our favorite free trainings that we know can help you start your recovery, whether that's through our baseline training, which will help you stop pushing and crashing, our three stages of recovery to figure out exactly where you're at and know what to do next, or my favorite, which is our guest panel workshop, which was actually exclusive for our members. It was so damn good that I actually asked them, can we share this to the public? They all said yes, all five of them. So thank you past members. They share their five recovery secrets and it's really powerful. There's tears, there's aha moments, there's real key insight. 
and inspiration. And so whether you're a one out of 10 and you're really struggling right now, or whether you're further along in your recovery journey and you're integrating back into life, we have you covered. The third way we can help you is through our actual paid online recovery program, the mentorship recovery program. And if you are interested in getting proper help, a holistic comprehensive plan, professional coaching from the best coaches in the world, whether that's with mindset, movement, nutrition, restorative movement, reconditioning, integrating back into life, integrative medicine, baseline, structure, routine, accountability, all things health and life. Feel free to apply for the program today. All you need to do is click on the form, cfshealth.com slash form, fill out the short two to three minute form application and the team will be in touch with all the details that you need to know about the program via email. So make sure you check your spam folder for all the free trainings. If you've sent through an application, please be patient. My team are real people, okay? They're not robots. So if we don't get back to you within seconds or hours, it's okay. <laughs> we will get back to you. If you don't hear from the team within two to three days, that means that it's basically gone to spam or junk and it's gone missing. So please send a follow-up email to the team at info at cfshealth.com. If you have any questions, go check it out. But I would highly recommend adding yourself into the free group right now. Go click on that link in the description. Go download all the free trainings. Honestly, the whole reason why this whole thing started is because when I went through this myself, it was so painful and so excruciating that I didn't want anyone else to have to go through it. And some of these free trainings are so damn valuable. Back then I would have paid thousands of dollars for. We've had so many comments and emails and posts saying, oh my God, the baseline training was a game changer for me. Toby, I've been doing this now for three months and I'm feeling so much better. My symptoms are decreasing. I've got more stamina. I've got more energy. I'm able to do more things. So, you know, whether you're learning from us and consuming our content through our free format, I'm so stoked. Whether that's in our paid program, I don't really care. Either way, all I want to make sure is that you are moving forwards. You are starting to really implement this work. And that's really what it's all about. Once we implement, we make change and we start to move forwards. Sending you a ton of love. Of course, feel free to consume as much of the YouTube videos as you like. There's so many really, really great ones, new and old. Sending you a ton of love and uh, speak to you very, very soon. All the best for now.